0: Shut up! I love it. Shut
1: up! I love it. Shut up! I love it. That was a great podcast, Sasha. I had a great time. Uh, so, I guess I'll talk to you talk to you later.
0: Would it be later or would it be forward?
1: Oh shoot! You're about to record the podcast. So, I guess I'll see you when you end the podcast and I'm starting it. Shut up. I love it. I'm Joe Cabello. And I am the host with the most. <laughs> hey, let, I am going to start speaking cook.
0: backwards. My name is <laughs> Sasha Filer, And this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something misunderstood. Universally hated. Just seen 15 times and still nobody understands what the hell that wow. is. <laughs> Joe, who is joining us today?
1: Okay, here we have a musician, comedy writer, an all-around fun guy to be around. He performs all over Los Angeles. You can see his funny uh, Instagrams and I assume TikToks. I don't go on TikTok, but I hope what you're doing on Instagram, you're doing on TikTok. That is Greg Smith. I love it. Hi,
2: everybody. The rumors are true. What I do on Instagram, I do on TikTok. Um, <laughs> I, I really so appreciated the s- intro bit y'all just did. That was very clever. Ooh,
1: and mm, you wouldn't believe you. it w- was devised 10 minutes ago, or in your case, 10 minutes from now.
0: Oh
1: boy, let's just, Whose <laughs> <just> temporal <laughs> pincer movement is it? <laughs> oh, let's talk uh, about man, my pincer she did such later. a temporal pincer movement on me. I, oh, <laughs> I didn't bro. rest very long. Let's just bro, last it. night was
2: a temporal pincer movement, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you here to talk you about, are? Greg? I know everybody's, everybody knows already because they saw the description of the episode. Unless they just play them in, you know, in order, and they have no idea.
1: They're driving for eight hours, truckers. We have a huge trucker <laughs> audience
2: in normal Yeah, do you want me to to sort of pander to that demographic, please specifically? do, or? please yes. do,
1: because bl- the blue chew ads won't sell themselves. Right.
2: Uh, So for all my soft truckers listening, uh, I'm here to talk about Christopher Nolan's (laughs) 2020 science fiction action thriller masterpiece,
1: Tenet. The Pandemic Ender is what we call it. The
2: Pandemic Ender. The film with a palindromic title by design. Um, Tenet is I think a very misunderstood picture. I think that People came to it with a lot of baggage, some of which sh- is the film's fault, or at the very least, the studio apparatus's fault. I think releasing it in the middle of a gosh darn global pandemic and insisting upon releasing it was a pretty mm-hmm. foolish idea. But I also think that a lot of people bring sort of a, uh, a knives out mentality toward Chris Nolan when they approached this movie. Sort of a like anti-intellectual. Oh, this kind of- Chris
1: Nolan, he uh, he uh, really interests me, but confuses me. Knives out. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: you. Knives, can- out, cause <laughs> knives out because uh, I said knives out. The the donut hole is both the beginning <laughs> and the ending, depending on where you. <laughs> um but i <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: just <laughs> refuse to watch knives out so anyway Why? continue wow. separate topic i you're separate again minutes.
1: red with rage as we were doing that sasha i was like man sasha is hating this
0: you know how pregnant women are they're always full of rage <laughs> constantly yeah, well, that's what the hormones do to us oh I, I think it's the second one it's not as exciting <laughs>
1: well okay never mind
0: <laughs> play it for my future child You'd Take love it back
1: it. <laughs> <hear> <laughs> Yeah. Seconds become my um, favorites, so don't worry about can it. Can I
0: just say, can I just say, like, so last night I did an improv show, and I was very excited that when one of, like, the team before us, when one of the players said, I'm Christopher Nolan, like, out of nowhere. They were in the library. There was no reason for them to be <laughs> anything Christopher Nolan related. And he said, I'm Christopher Nolan. And immediately at least six of other players said, explain me fucking Tenet. And oh I was my like, gosh. this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best coincidence serendipity that ever happened and I thanked him afterwards and he agreed with everything I said and we'll save what I have to say until later.
1: That's crazy back That's so to you, funny. All right. Yeah, back to uh, you. We had to stop you best, with knives out Don't say that best, again
2: <laughs> My best take on glass onioning Tenet would be that it's a thriller about a sort of secret agent type who is hired by this clandestine organization to try and save the world with this kind of physics-based power called time inversion. And he's trying to stop Kenneth Branagh, who is a uh, Russian madman, using the power of time inversion. Good accent. And
1: Kenneth I mean, we're talking about someone who could go up against... uh, the Benoit Blanc, it would be Kenneth Branagh's Pierrot.
2: May we oui, of chaos. This time inversion is oh. uh, nothing but uh, smoke and mirrors. Oh,
1: oh, your 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 accent is quite uh, per- per- peculiar there.
2: It is not as peculiar as my mustache.
1: Oh, uh, mustache. Uh, all right. Well, and uh, edit. As people in the improv community say, but sweep edit. That's a great way to Clive edit. Describe it. He's gonna edit.
0: He's uh, the guy in the corner. He edits everything. our editor.
1: He's our Jamie. If you listen to Clive? the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> <laughs> then you know that lore. Um, I'm part of a Joe Rogan podcast D and D group every Thursday.
2: <laughs> oh, do you roll intelligence checks? But the lower it
1: is, the better you do. Just a small <laughs> Joe Rogan joke. Just a small. And I don't appreciate it, joke. but I will pass okay. it along. Uh, But yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about with Tenet because of its release. I think you're right. The release was weird. And I think the only movie that of that three year period of uh, the pandemic has as much historical significance is a Vin Diesel's movie that came out a week after the pandemic. Blood. What was that? Bloodshot? Bloodshot. I saw that. Yeah. Bloodshot was the watershed moment where a week into the pandemic he's like fuck it. No theatrical. Put it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there is no tenant without Bloodshot. <laughs> yes, I think you did freeze for a second there. Okay, you there for a is a
0: second but you came back and we're Did you get
1: we're the statement? There is no tenant did... without Bloodshot.
2: And I think generally, not even just insofar as releasing theatrical versus uh, streaming, that's just true. Yes. Like I think Chris Nolan was in the middle of writing something else and then he saw a screening of Bloodshot and he was like, oh, throw that away. I've been inspired. <laughs> Good. So,
0: what does the rest of the world, Greg, as if we don't know, think of Tenet? So they think it's super intellectual. It's. Uh, like Chris Nolan at its worst? Is that what the rest of the world thinks? (laughs) Is that what someone thinks?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a good way of phrasing what perhaps culture at large, how they've talked about this movie. Chris Nolan at his worst, at his most um, out to sea, out to lunch. He's been given too much power and he's given us a screenplay where the main character is literally named protagonist and where people talk in plot deciphering codes that make no sense and it's mixed so loudly and it's so (laughs) long and all of this kind of stuff and I understand where they're coming from to an extent I will you know my bias is that I I really like Chris Nolan as a director I'm a bit of an apologist in general um but I think this movie is very specifically and particularly a lot sillier and maybe even more optimistic or romantic than people give it credit for. I think they get stuck in the sort of, oh, it must be like a a grim, pretentious piece of whatever, self-masturbatory kind of nonsense. But I, I I think what Nolan is doing is pretty purposefully um, fun and heartfelt in a way I find mm. very endearing.
1: and. I want to hear all about that in depth. I think this is the time that, as Tosh and I say, if we've seen this or we're familiar with it before. And (coughs) um, the podcast itself, for listeners, for the truckers who listen to this Mm, every... Norway,
0: uh, I insist.
1: All the time, is we have very much talked shit about Tenet. Uh, throughout the podcast, it often comes up as a movie that we, when we do our ratings, we bring in so we can give something a zero or lower, uh, and so,
0: unanimously because Joe and I don't necessarily have exact same taste in movies. Like we have pretty
1: yeah we have like crossover, we have, but we yeah have
0: we have crossover, things. but overall different. So, but Tenet has been unanimous for both of us as a
1: comp.
2: Yeah, it it, well, it is clearly. True. I'm clearly revealing myself as uh, a loyal listener because obviously I pitched doing the movie Tenet because I knew about this. Oh. And I'm not pleasantly
1: surprised right not now. Not
0: afraid yeah. to this be in the, the lion's den. A lion's <laughs> den.
1: <laughs> um, Now, so Sasha, did you rewatch it for this?
0: Well, the first time I saw I couldn't. I was watching with my husband, who also is a big fan of Christopher Nolan. An incredible filmmaker on I mean, in his own, right? Oh it's true. But Your um sure. Yeah. Awesome. But I mean, you know, I mean but definitely definitely big appreciator of all things Christopher Nolan and things adjacent to Christopher Nolan. And it's is my favorite movie of all time, if I were to yeah. pick one quickly. Um But anyway, so he just like had to stop at um Michael Caine scene, the Michael Caine scene. And so <laughs> I've never and, I, I mean, I was just, like, lost even before then. So I have sat through many movies where I'm like, I don't fucking understand. I don't care. But Jay's watching it. So, like, I guess this is what we're doing tonight. This, like, he stopped. He's like, this is an abomination. <laughs> like, this is this is the stinker. Can I watch this? It's all people are talking, exposition. This will not end. What's going on? And so I never seen it and never seen like you know making all those comments I've never seen Tenet fully like the whole thing I only saw what 18% of it maybe less so then I watched it I watched it for this obviously for this episode but I also read a lot of interpretations because I needed to get ready for this right and I was like I'm not gonna be one of those people who watches it six times to understand what's going on God bless them. I'm curious to know how many times you'd seen it, Greg. If you saw only once and you like freaking know what happened, God bless you. I believe you. <laughs> so I. It guess is
2: kind of it's kind of funny though. Just you, you mentioned that Interstellar was probably your favorite Nolan.
0: Yeah, it, no movie, movie overall. I'd say like easy. I mean, period. there's a lot of favorite movies, right? But it's wow. easy for me to be like Interstellar my favorite movie. And I'm not gonna Interstellar.
1: lie, Interstellar is also. I don't know what top. It is, you know, but it's in a top for me.
2: That's so funny because not only do I love the motion picture tenet, but I think Interstellar is easily his worst movie.
1: <laughs> ah, See, well, but I mean, it makes sense though, right? Like we've got
0: to be on a different
1: yeah uh, on a different Nolan
0: pole, like poles yeah. of Nolan, the Nolan globe. Yeah. I love um, that, Joe. So how many times for you?
1: So I did watch it when it came out on HBO or whatever it was for the pandemic. And, uh, you know, obviously that's what why we've talked about it on the podcast. Um, Watched even some YouTube videos explaining it after that just to kind of figure it out. And I was only going to watch a recap YouTube video for this, Um, partly because of time, but also interest when you've already seen something. Relatively soon or recently, rather. Uh, but that never out stopped of respect you, Joe. For you,
0: that's not why, that's because you didn't want to watch it. True, that never stopped you. You had seen many things for this uh, podcast 15 times, and you would just, well, yeah, saw like them.
1: Grem- Gremlins, too. Recently, I was like, I saw this eight yeah, months ago. Oh, I gotta. All I'm, I'm saying
0: is the- it's it's respect for you, Greg. I, I already, yeah, I for did. I you. did
1: watch the movie, I rented it last night. Uh, last night that's fresh that's how much respect i have for this profession that i've only lost money from and respect (laughs) for you who i've also only lost money from um so gamble a lot let's get into it i sasha was alluding to this of this question to you of like is this something that you dived into youtube videos for after watching and like tried to figure it out is there a nerddom to it for you
2: There was a bit of, when I originally watched it, there was sort of an enforced or literally professional nerddom. This came out when I was working as a film and pop culture critic for work for a website called Collider. So I was deep in the trenches of following, reporting on, all of the the behind-the-scenes, you know, Nolan Warner Brothers pandemic uh, kerfuffle of it all and i was helping feed the anticipation machine as it were um but when i finally saw it i went to the drive-in theater to go see it during the pandemic cute
0: i remember those i didn't know
2: um yeah that kind of saved me during the pandemic to be honest um and I immediately fell in love with it, even through my little dinky car radio with the not-great mm-hmm. pictures. It's right? quite
1: baffling, uh, uh, the, the sound of the cinema coming through a Honda Civic uh, speaker.
2: This is a curious way to watch a motion picture. It is light and shadow. Um,
1: All righty, then. <laughs> yeah, okay, Pierrot. See,
0: I could not handle any of No, not your accents, which are also <laughs> terrible. I am pretty bad. I'm talking about like I need, right? And this okay, English is my second language, but like I just need any language, any any Russian, English, any anything I watch. I need to have clean fucking picture that I can see loud and clear. That I I, I have to have good audio and I need to have better subtitles for me to fully know what's happening. I need to be 100% in and not miss out on anything. And also I feel like it teaches me to be a better screenwriter to see the words on the the screen. That is a tip I've
1: heard is to put subtitles on and see how the dialogue's really written um i just
0: did it because i have to like i feel like it just keeps me more engaged. well this movie i did have mm -hmm. to
1: go back i think six times total i was like all right let me watch that again for this and it was usually a talking scene where they're like (laughs) saying how one of the the, first act the things work Uh, i was like all right i'm glad i'm can have a little iphone remote or whatever it is um, an iPhone remote. It's a phone, yet it's a television remote. Pero, have you ever seen this?
2: Uh, I've never seen such a device that is two things at once. Uh, you get
1: a call, but you also oh, need to change the channel. Th- <laughs> I think this is really good, but let's move we're on. We're losing
0: all the truckers for sure. Yeah. The truckers are yeah. gone. They, you have they, a live. They, they've, they've crashed. Yeah, they've, we have a live. They've
1: crashed. They've crashed. Uh, concurrent user counter that uh yeah. and
2: it can tell when d- trucks crash too. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's huh. sad. But but that's how bad this is. That's
1: how bad is. our riffing is. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> uh so, but yeah, uh, but so you got into it for your job, you kind of had to, right?
2: I did, and the people at my job who I worked with, my wonderful colleagues over there, uh really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think I'm a contrarian. I think I have a pretty just I go in as purely myself as possible, but mm-hmm. sometimes I can get a little persnickety when mm. people seem upset that something brings someone else joy or like people come in with the okay. perspective of uh I didn't like it, which means no one's allowed to like it. Okay. Right,
1: which I, and you know the thing that excites me about a topic like this is the exact like opposite of that i'm like oh i want to know why i
0: want to this is Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. likable you know like i and we've been you know transformed through some podcasts to be like oh i see why Mm -hmm. that movie or that thing actually is cool Mm -hmm, nice so but i also understand that part of human nature and myself sometimes that goes against that for sure
2: For sure. And I don't, you know, I'm not certainly accusing my colleagues of doing that purposefully. But, you know, to hear them kind of very professionally and eloquently state all of these reasons why they like detested this movie that I went and had such a great time with. It did make me want to kind of lean in a little more and try to more studiously articulate why I loved it so much. And so I wound up writing kind of a big old piece for the website. Um
0: dude I might have read it even I don't know
2: Yeah maybe I reread I, it I, I, I watched
0: to, I, I tend to read Collider like for my film mm-hmm. reviews when I get curious about it Yeah
2: I rewatched the movie today and then I reread this thing mm-hmm. I wrote in like 2021 or whatever um you know, I thought it was an okay stand piece. Stand by it. I thought, I, I think I
1: stand by a it. A lot yeah. of COVID fog in written in that. Mm. You know, you had a fog lot of COVID brain. denial. Yeah. Yeah. COVID reference. Every yeah, other reference. sentence, COVID is not real. Yeah. And when Nolan uses the camera angles, to
0: I, <laughs> this
2: film I also is shot in sixty-five millimeters. Sixty-five mm. is, is the 65? number of people who don't believe in COVID, and I agree mm. with all of them for
0: a room of hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. I do have <laughs> just a thought because you kind of got me there with um saying how you know people want to destroy like they they're upset and they don't want, want to see another person being joyful about something they hate it. I think like the specific about what's going on here with Tenet is that Tenet is like you can say universal universally disliked. There are people who like it of course. Mm-hmm. But like overall majority of people I'm mad at the movie and so I almost feel like you're being me when I don't like movie like Barbie or something like that like the thing that people like and I'm like well why can't I have an opinion that I thought it was boring or too cliche or whatever it's different when you are defending something (laughs) that everybody else likes and then one person doesn't like. Does that make sense? I don't know. For me, like, these kind of conversation about liking and the liking movies, they're very, like, important because they're so personal, right? They're so, like, emotional sometimes because, like, that's why we watch movies, for feelings, to have feelings, to feel feelings. Um, But just to continue that, I just want to say, so after seeing the improv show last night with the Christopher Nolan guy and, you know, the Tenet discussion... I then mentioned to my teammates about me recording the podcast tonight, and two of them were like, "I fucking love Tenet. What are you talking mm-hmm. about?" So they are out there.
1: Yes. Yeah. Not just. I don't on think Reddit. it's as They're, as Stark of uh, hate and love, but it's definitely people more seem to dislike it. Yeah, but I do.
2: There are some Twitter folks who there's like this one guy. I'll X. shout out. I don't. I don't one know X. him. His Oh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Thank you. This one so, guy, um, Elon. Ew. Thanks, Elon. people unhappy. Um, There's a guy, I think his name's literally something like Josh Tenet. Oh. And he just posts like Tenet <gasps> memes and Tenet shit posts that bring me so much joy. Um, wow. That's so yeah, they definitely exist. Oh. But you brought up something interesting. I, I do... It felt like you were saying usually contrarians or people who go against the grain of mass culture dislike something that everyone else likes. In your case with Barbie. And it is interesting and I think less common when it's Somebody loves something everyone yeah. else has decided yeah. it's a good. different
1: that's why this podcast, it's situation too. that's why
0: this podcast it's hard yeah. people sometimes suffer like figuring out the topic they're like I don't know like I can't I'm like with the rest of them you know
1: yeah have similar feelings but yeah it is a different dynamic when that happens I wonder which one is more rare or if there is a difference in the two situations but it certainly is a different dynamic Like, tearing something down versus saying, no, everybody, look at it this way with what this thing is. Um, And I think that's more enjoyable and positive overall. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hence this podcast. But I want to get into it. You said, like, this is his most comedic work and uh, heartfelt. Did you say uh, that?
0: Heartfelt, I heard. Yeah.
1: Comedic, too. Maybe you didn't say comedic. He said... uh,
2: uh, maybe, like, playful, playful. Lightest, playful. Yeah. Um...
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. Tell yeah. us I'd everything. like to hear that, that argument, because I think a lot of people would say it's self-serious mumbo-gumbo.
2: Yeah, I think that is correct. I think it is, quote-unquote, self-serious mumbo-gumbo. I think that is part of what makes it playful. Um, you know, self-aware? first of all... Yes, I think it is very self-aware. Um... Because you have these moments where, you know, in the first introduction of the time inversion <coughs> mechanic, uh, the French lady is showing John David Washington how to, like, catch the bullet, where it goes backwards, back into the gun. And she says, literally, don't think about it, just feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and I feel like that is... to the audience, no right? Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, did everyone listen? Has everyone heard? Yeah. Sit back. Relax. Enjoy.
0: But then, can Um, we cut down on exposition so that we can just watch the amazing set pieces of two B with car chases going backwards and explosions backwards, like or like whatever in fast forward in two different um, time directions, instead of having these blocks of dialogue? And I'm not attacking you, but I'm just yelling out into the void.
2: But I think what you've brought up is what I find so funny and interesting about the film is that. Chris Nolan keeps saying don't worry about it also all of my dialogue is just gonna be people worrying about it and I think Mm -hmm. that is and maybe I'm being overly generous I don't think that is a sign of poor screenwriting I think that is a sign of a very intentional silly campy on my own bullshit and I know it kind of authorial Mm -hmm. voice and I find that sort of gulf so funny and pure and interesting and then on top of it, I think there are a lot of legitimate like, jokes and sort of fun wheelie pops. Mm-hmm. Like John David Washington saying, I ordered this hot sauce an hour ago before beating the shit out of people with a cheese grater. Or with Robert Pattinson being like, he's going to want a Diet Coke. And John David Washington being like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. Which is also mm-hmm. yeah, Which very
1: uh, important. To the movie Yes, later on it is. Clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, I would separate those moments in two categories that I think are different. Uh, one is you have plot points. You have the Mission Impossible, this is the plan, this is the problem type of thing, which I think Mission Impossible movies do it a great way. They, they usually will do you see the plan as they talk about it, but then you're going to see how it fucks up. So they have a lot of that, and then they have a lot of the more technical mumbo jumbo, "You're going to go backwards and do this and you can't breathe and and all that. And I think those two things are very different, and I would probably say most people, when they're complaining about it, are complaining about the former, where it is just like plot. two people sitting at a at a across from each other saying you're going to go and do this, and then we're going to do this. That's where I think it's more reasonably (coughs) criticized. The other is just hard sci-fi that you're going to enjoy or not.
2: Yeah. Some of that might be a taste thing. I personally, a lot of my favorite uh, auteur, like Michael Mann comes to mind, who Chris Nolan borrowed a lot from, um, especially The Dark Knight. I like procedure-based dialogue, where we do sort of watch professionals discuss the intricacies of how to be professional. That's kind of a taste I've always enjoyed. Um, You know, I think I read that, like, when writing this movie, Chris Nolan was actively trying to make a Mission Impossible-esque caper, or a Bond-esque caper, but Mm -hmm. he purposefully... Didn't watch any of those types of movies, and right. he purposely told his cast, "Don't watch anything like that." So it was sort of like the, I don't know, the cultural evocation or ethereality mm-hmm. of yeah. all of these signifiers, which makes it more pretentious, perhaps. Just the I mean, I think I respect memory. that.
1: I, I definitely yeah. respect <laughs> that as a as a way to go about it. Yeah, I just think I versus. Think it like, oh, go ahead.
2: No, no, please.
1: Oh, just a Michael Mann version of that is steeped in character and relationship uh, tennis match during that. And I don't think that's what's going on in at least many of these the scenes.
2: Yep. Because that's the thing that maybe is the ultimate deal-breaker for if you like Tenet or not. It is very much a movie where like, ideas are sort of the main character, to the point where the main character's name is protagonist
1: and i believe it might be the protagonist but i could be wrong about that
2: now it's actually uh the conclusion of the arc for him at first he thinks he's just one of the protagonists and oh. then at the end when we he see. shoots the lady he says i'm the protagonist and i literally pump my fist cheer. It, and cheer
1: <laughs> and broke the roof of your car yeah, <laughs> yeah i was in my car at
0: but the, the r.i.p
1: uh, what does everybody feel about John David Washington?
0: I have feelings that are n- <laughs> not compliments
1: pregnancy brain <laughs> feelings. I so
0: love um, Thank you. I love Denzel so much and Like as much as I love Denzel and I just find him one of the most vo- watchable actors of all time There's just a put Denzel on screen. I don't give a shit what he's doing like I'm gonna watch this guy I find the opposite for this film. And I'm not talking about any other films like Black Klansman or anything else he's done. His son is um, just... I know he's supposed to be, you know, faceless protagonist until he's not. And I'm sure the casting was very well thought through, obviously. This is such an expensive movie. I just... I just felt like he had zero charisma that spoke to me in this movie. And... um, I'm sure there's a good explanation for it that Greg is going to give me, but I was not interested in watching him at all.
1: Yeah, what about you, Greg? Well,
2: I don't know if I have like a good explanation. I, I, I tend to think charisma, stardom, screen appeal is so subjective. I do 8 bazillion percent agree with you about his dad, Denzel, being... Probably we talked about like a top something. Denzel is a top something actor of mine. He's one of my all-time favorites. I just happen to really like John David in this movie. I think he has a wonderful mixture of like intense physicality. All of those shots where you see his face doing all of this stunt work and this like intense movement really impresses me. Whenever he gets uh, on his kind of, like, action shouty bullshit, I really feel it. But then at the end, the scene that really got me this time, uh, it's him and Robert Pattinson where they kind of reveal that Robert Pattinson, you know, spoiler alert, was sort of the emotional mastermind behind it all. And they're, they've only just begun, but also just concluded. The way John David Washington played that moment with such, like crackling vulnerability and tears just at the corner of his eyes it's kind of I feel like he transcends some of the more I'm an idea I'm a faceless protagonist into something very heartfelt and human in a way that a lot of Nolan flicks don't always get to for me even my favorite ones
0: there's criticism for Nolan's protagonist being that way mm. that I never put but um
1: um, and but uh, I missed out on
0: that I was just smitten by Robert Pattinson Which I usually don't really have any He's so charming for, in this movie He was so pants off charming That he uh, steamrolled for me performance wise Everybody else when he was yeah. in the scene
1: He's definitely like Classic Bond side character In this like nailing it Nailing it hard uh, Are you a fan of Creator? Did everybody watch that with John David Washington?
2: I went and saw the creator, and it was so. It made me feel really, really bad for John David Washington. Because it it felt like the second big budget, original, high concept sci fi flick from an interesting auteur that the general populace just went like,
1: nope. Mm. No, thank you. Two movies that I think are close. They're not to each other, but just like close to that right. A mixture, and I'd say, I think actually, Creator's probably the worst movie out of the two in that regard, but um, yeah, I think your appreciation of John David Washington matters a lot for this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it really does. As it
2: would for any sort of... Um Blockbuster predicated on a you know a movie star in the lead role. Yeah,
1: true, and, yeah. and especially just one of this style where okay, they're going to be speaking in the style, the scenes are of the style. You have to just want to watch them. Like put Dua Lipa as the protagonist; it's a five-star movie every
2: time. You're like really into Argyle, right? I've seen you uh, post oh, a yeah. lot about Argyle.
1: Uh, well, Joe Argyle is my Twitter name or mm-hmm. X name. Uh, I, fo- I followed Josh Tennet, and I had actually asked him, what do you think my <laughs> Twitter name should be for my Argyle account? And he said, well, what's your first name? I said, Joe. He said, I think you know what you need to do. Uh, so go follow me there. Uh, but I do want to get into this. Uh, the uh, I think you said optimism and heartfelt or so- yep. something to this movie. I w- kind of want to get that because it is about... A doomed planet it is about you know that even the Robert Pattinson thing is dark uh, it's about humanity being awful with uh, Kenneth Branagh um, so yeah what do you mean by that when you say that
2: this this movie makes me feel so much better every time I watch it I can I consider myself an optimist but when it comes specifically to, like, climate change, I can get really, really feeling doomed. And in this film, it's probably, maybe uh, aside from Oppenheimer, the most explicitly, for my opinion, politically or socially-minded film he's made because he has Kenneth Branagh express as the villain, like, I brought my son into a world I knew was going to die. Do you think God will forgive me? I think is the line. And I feel that deep in my bones. And I've, like, wondered, God, what the fuck do we do? And at every turn, John David Washington says, we can't do nothing. We have to keep trying. We have to keep fighting. Not even just with that moment, but with, like... Little micro moments, like when A- Aaron Taylor Johnson is like, we can't do this thing you want to do. It's it's fucking untenable, or whatever he says. Untenable.
1: Untenable. That's what I
2: said. Untenable. Thank you. I missed it, and I feel terrible. And JDW just keeps being like, what are we supposed to do? I'm going to try, and I'm going to fight. And the fact that they win, that the human race fighting and trying is what makes our heroes succeed... The fact that Elizabeth Debicki, who was so jealous of this woman who jumped off the ship to be free, was actually herself makes my heart sore every time. I just find it to be so like, yeah, man, humans are going to fight. And because we're going to fight, we're going to win. Yeah,
1: that is why. And our relationships, like even uh, Robert Pattinson's, Exactly. Death being like, oh yeah, this is the thing. Love is what's gonna make us continue and and win.
2: Which is not unlike uh, Interstellar. Yeah. As much as I didn't care for that movie, I do like how that movie <laughs> is just about the power of love, baby.
1: I know it really. Um, the the my one criticism is the credit should have ended with the song "The Power of Love." That's backwards. the power of love. <laughs> yeah. Backwards would be uh, on Interstellar. For some reason, the credits right. is backwards.
0: Just when the bookshelves start, just start playing it underneath. Like, why wait?
1: Yeah, just do it. Yeah, uh, it's like those edits of uh, the Lincoln Park song on different movies.
2: I love those <laughs> so much. They're so good. There was one for the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer one that, especially. yeah, it,
1: it made it actually made Oppenheimer a worse film because it doesn't didn't have that. Because it doesn't yeah. actually have that. Yep.
0: Does anybody else feel like there was zero chemistry between Elizabeth and David?
1: But I don't know if there needs to be with the way the movie really is or plays out.
2: What kind of chemistry? Do you mean romantic specifically or just any
1: sort of...
0: Any just kind of connection, like he cares for her. Romantic would be an escalation of it. I, I didn't really pick up on that. But just, you know, the choices he makes and really truly cares about her... I, I, I'm i I'm sure it's in the eyes of Beholder where I was, what state I was in and what I was expecting of this movie but I just didn't feel like all oh, these two like they're
1: really connecting I have some yeah, thoughts it, on that Greg, hit it
2: Um, You know, Debicki's character by design probably is trying not to connect with people generally until maybe the end because she's sort of such an Uh, abused cocooned character who's like i've resigned myself i'm never going to be free which maybe makes that connection uh inadvertently difficult i felt washington's i don't know if i want to say paternal but his certainly protective desire to help him i thought that come through one more time sorry
0: avoncular Oh, this John
1: David O. Washington is a avuncular in many ways.
2: Uh, yes, this is a, he is sort of like a, the uncle character to my horrible wife, Elizabeth Debicki, same actor.
1: Oh, this uh, avuncular, I've had that in my genitals. <laughs> Again, we haven't really <laughs> revisited Ace enough Ventura. <laughs> Ace Ventura, Pirro, and Benoit Blanc hanging out for a mystery. That's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. <laughs>
0: and, and don't forget and, the pincer. We just have to keep bringing it pincer, pincer. Like, because you know, we established it early on in this podcast. The accents keep coming back. but and I don't they're, get bombing jokes. They're,
1: they're bombing worse. They're
2: bombing even worse. But like Tenet, the bomb was always
1: supposed to go off.
0: Whoa. In the forward direction of time. Can I just right? say Whoa. about their
1: charisma, though? Or not charisma, their connection. I do, what I like about this is it has the James Bond effect where uh, John David Washington, the protagonist, you know he's a capable guy. So it very much feels like his protectiveness, love, or whatever you want to call it of Elizabeth Debicki's character is he knows the scene. He knows who's good and who's bad. He knows who's just wrapped up in things. And there is no uh, what you might see in a Bond film or other spy films. Oh, is she really with the bad guy or him? And does he have to take a chance on that? No, he walks in the scene. He's like, all right, I know you're not. I know you're going to try to survive, but you're not bad. I need to stop this guy. And I do think that plays and that works in the movie.
2: That's also maybe what makes it feel so uh, earnest and heartfelt and like optimistic. You know, I recently rewatched, I think, an underrated Nolan movie, Insomnia, and that flick is a neo noir basically. So there is a ton of ambiguity and who can I trust? And am I fully evil or are we all shades of gray? The first
0: feature, I think, right? Am I fully evil? Shades of
2: gray.
1: That's
0: uh, That's a good ace Ventura.
2: Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> I think it's uh, Did you say was it his first feature? Just wanted to make
1: sure I heard that.
0: Just guess we like to guess things without looking them up. Early. We'll never know. It was early,
2: but It not was first. an early one. It was um mm. there was Following first and then Memento and then I mm. think Insomnia maybe. And then Batman Begins. We'll
0: never know, but I trust We'll never you. know. We'll never
2: know. It's not available anywhere. I've made sure of it.
0: Greg, <laughs> that how, many, was how many times... Okay, sorry. I know you're like in the middle of... A, I just need to get an answer to this question because I feel like I asked it before and you avoided answer. How many times have you seen Tenet?
2: If I had to guess, I have seen Tenet somewhere in the neighborhood of... 6 or 7 times.
1: Mm, okay. That's good. A, for a new Go movie, back, that's go back to crazy.
0: your important thought. I this just is important information. Keep going.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if my thought even was terribly <laughs> important. <laughs> it was so something maniac. to the effect of I like very much that Chris Nolan wanted to write a story where there's a good guy and a bad guy and like people trying their best to Make their lives better. And we have to stop the bad thoughts and let the good thoughts win. And so when people say, like, oh, Chris Nolan's so up his own ass and he's so, you know, self serious and he's parroting himself and stuff like that, I, it just makes me feel like at its core, this is his simplest, sweetest movie. It's just kind of wrapped up in a fun, uh, goofadoopy, hard sci fi slash pop sci fi kind of suit and tie.
1: It's like an onion with many layers, a glass onion even. Or should we get it's in like the ratings? A,
2: a haunting in Venice. Let's <laughs> just get in the ratings because I have so
0: much to say, but I feel and, like it's And she wants endless. to stop as
1: many of these. I think we have two more in us of the, these Ace Ventura. I'd like to I s- want
2: to hear the things you have to say. I'd like to no, see a interested. little more
1: Ace Ventura in this. But um, yeah, let's get into the ratings. So I'll explain the ratings. Uh, we are going to rate tenant on a scale of zero to 10 to using something. Oh, nice. <laughs> zero Ooh. it to 10. A close friend of mine, who I won't name, but sh- they are very into uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, mm. In 2020, they told me, oh, Robert Pattinson's in a new movie coming out. I think it's about an apartment or something. It's called Tenant. They weren't mm. joking.
0: Not this is not the only person. They're not the only person who thought that. I mean, tenant sounds very similar to ten.
1: But like you're a fan, you're a fan of him. You didn't look it up and be like, oh, that's not tenant. Anyways, we're gonna rate it on zero to ten scale using something else as the basis of our rating. So that other thing could be, hey, this other Christopher Nolan movie is to me perfect, ten out of ten, and this. isn't quite perfect as that, but it's 8 out of 10. Or you could even say, like, hey, time traveling to stopping global warming is a 5 out of 10. But watching this movie is even better, so it's a 10 out of 10. So if that doesn't make sense, Sasha and I will go first. And Sasha, let's... I know you want to get into it, so let's just get you into it.
0: No, why don't you go first?
1: No, I need you to get into it.
0: What a dick. Um, Alright, then okay no I I just wanted to kind of re- respond to what Greg was saying how it's interesting that the, like it's, it was very interesting for me to hear that this is like almost it sounds like a wrapped up poem from the heart for six years written by Christopher Nolan to the world and I'm like well how the fuck is he expecting people to unwrap this gift and consume it because I mean, at the end of the day, it's a very expensive blockbuster. I don't even know; it's probably made its money back, right? Being a blockbuster, like
2: the Wikipedia sure. says, it did not break even. Oh wow! A pandemic, so yeah, I, with the
0: pandemic. I guess sure. it doesn't matter, right? He's Chris Nolan; he does what he wants, so he just says what he wants to say. But if you're, I mean, how how do you how do you get anybody to watch you? And I, you can say that about a lot of movies. Like if we brought movies like this before on the podcast like um uh you know even the upstream color or a field in england like you can talk about these movies like well who's gonna even watch them but i'm like but this is such a huge scale and it's christopher nolan he knows what he's doing in the sense of like he's making a movie for a big audience so what's going on here um there's something very impenetrable ...about this movie with the first act going on... ...I wouldn't even say in this first... ...it's just the first half... ...I started getting interested in this movie... ...during the amazing set pieces... ...like I mentioned before... ...like things that are just like eye candy... I'm ...like I don't even care what's happening... ...but I want to see these cars go in reverse... ...and like... ...and <laughs> you know reading about it... ...well reading about it made me more excited... ...because I always like things more... ...when I understand them... ...like my brain... ...does not want to watch... ...sorry my clown friends... My brain does not want to watch nonsense created on stage. I want to have like a story attached to it that I understand. Hence, I like improv more, generally speaking. So the same way, the same thing to me to be like, I need to have some understanding, some base. And so even after watching and and then even after reading, there's some really good quote unquote explanations for tenet and multiple explanations. I got to like it more. I feel like because I started probably with. And I just tell a ten. Um ten it being like two, like you know, haven't seen it th- up to Michael Kane, But after watching the movie and I I you know, I'm letting Greg kind of affect me here too because I'm like I like listening to Greg Greg tell me about how he enjoyed this movie. So I'm starting oh. to like this movie. It's affecting me a little bit, okay? I'm a human fucking being. Um See I'm getting I'm oh getting God, that rage, that proverbial pregnancy
2: rage. rage. Yeah. I'm just I'm happy that me liking this movie is making yeah. you upset that you Right.
0: No, it more. it is like I'm sorry, I like it, but I, I I just don't know that I would I, I I was stopping I was stopping the movie and playing those crazy set pieces, like the building. The building in this war scene, right? where The double explosion. This, the like, oh, my God. What? It's so yeah. cool. Like I'm like, dude, you've never seen this like, explaining cool for my that. husband. He's like, it's cool. He's like, it's cool. But I'm like, yeah, I know. So uh, I loved all that shit. And I'm going to give, because of all of this love, I'm going to bring up Tenet to a five. If I really loved the main star, if I really liked everybody else in this movie if I really like the main characters like performances I'll probably give it more but even Kenneth Brada with his really good Russian accent I have to give it to him there's a lot of always discussion with how good Russian accent people do like he's one of the best like the way he did it he doesn't even look Russian to me so I was like terribly miscast doesn't look Russian get away five five is all I can I have in me. And if it makes me feel stupid, then it's my own problem. (laughs) Joe, go. I want to be smart enough that I watch 10 and I'm like, I understand it. I'm not. And this is why it's five. Joe, go.
1: It was really interesting watching it again because I had all the, like, same emotional beats while watching it. Where you're like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, don't talk about that or, like what's happening here you know all that was happening i mean i i think this movie's biggest flaw is how it's like it gives you that really fun don't think about it line that does feel pointed at the audience but then it doesn't play that it still wants you to think about it and it's one of those weird things where i think sometimes like quote unquote scientifically correct isn't fun on screen and this is a movie that's trying to be like let's really try to play this as best we can this really conceptual thing and do it in the movie when really like we probably just want to see people like making objects float towards them like basically it's just force powers but in reverse that's like what that like that's more cinematic and fun. So I got that all through it. And while watching it again, I was just really feeling that. And I think so much of that, the lessons that other movies learned, like Mission Impossible, of how to deal with exposition, I think it's probably a weakness that Christopher Nolan didn't have anybody watch those things. Like, no, watch them to learn from them because they do cool things. Then think of your way to do that um so like interstellar is a 10 for me i'm just gonna uh, you we usually don't use the same ones but i think we should for this interstellar i love that movie i think it just like gets me in the gut it's a 10 and 10 it used to be like a zero but you know what watching it again even <laughs> before you talked greg i was an eight out of ten i actually grew to really like this movie um whatever you've talked about with it has actually not sold me further from that no discredit to you credit to the movie the movie got me to eight out of ten i don't think it's perfect i think it's still all those criticisms are true but it is like it does deliver a james bond action in so many ways and the don't think about the the whatever sci-fi elements or physics of it even when he's asking you to think about it just don't think about it you still have to uh he shouldn't have told you to not think about it then made you think about it but still so eight out of ten this is a full turnaround on my second watch greg what about you um
2: i mean my favorite thing about favorite pieces of art is that Every single criticism that both of you have said I listen to them and I say that's true and I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I just love it anyway. Right. And I think that is um I think that is a position that is helpful to take. I think it is helpful to like love something and recognize that there are flaws in it and vice versa, to dislike something and recognize things you do like about it. Hence, maybe the five score. Um, And for me, as I rewatched it today, I kind of felt myself like really realizing I knew it like the back of my dang hand. Mm. And I got like excited when I realized a scene was coming up or a line was coming up. And because of that, I was sort of able to, I don't want to say tune out, of watching it or, like, go in and out of it, but I was kind of able to, like, relax a little mm-hmm. more with it. Relax. <laughs> yeah. And when I realized I was doing that, it really made me go, God, I love this fucking movie even more wow. than I thought I did. Um, so, you know, for me, Interstellar is, like, a 1.5 out of 10, uh, a 2 uh, out of 10, uh, uh, which is crazy. crazy. Tenet, I'd have to go, like, 9, 9 out of dang 10. Wow
0: what's a tenor for greg smith out there
2: Whew. if we're talking chris nolan uh inception is my 10 out of 10 mm. and maybe like both the dark knight and oppenheimer are like 9.5s and then memento tenet are both nines maybe mm. wow and then yeah, is just Stella sitting down, there right? eating yeah.
0: fucking shit like a bottom eater in both ocean. Interstellar
2: and Dunkirk are kind of like fighting for what? the.
1: What yeah, two movies
0: that I went to watch two days but two days in a row in the theater.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Dunkirk. I'm um, not a big fan
0: of. Amazing. Um, what a great discussion. I mean, this could have been a drag for me, but I had a great time. I loved it.
2: Oh, I'm so glad. Me too. And I love I love hearing y'all's both uh, uh, diverging and you know agreeing. Converging. It's really really cool.
0: That's how we do it. We go back, we go forward, we do it all. Um, are you still writing for Collider, or what are you up to?
2: No, I'm not. I worked from there, like 2019 to 2021. Um, you know, right now, professionally, I'm freelancing all over the dang place, but I'm writing and performing all over town, doing sketch comedy and improv at the UCB, making a little musical comedy songs for the dang internet anything you want to plug you can follow my dumb ass at smith l greg on x formerly known as twitter and instagram and tiktok which are still known as those two things um yeah and give those a follow especially because I I directed a short film last year that went through some festivals and I'm gonna put it out publicly soon I love anyone listening to give it a dang watch
0: amazing can't wait to see it. Um, Joe, what's going on with you these days?
1: Uh, if, depending on when this episode comes out, go to my uh, Instagram, whatever, Joe underscore Cabello. My uh, Kickstarter for my book, Technovirus Here and the Girl, is happening right now. Uh, it's a superhero, buddy cop, horror noir, uh, and I think it's really great. So, Go donate 10 bucks or really pre-order it for 10 bucks and you get the paperback shipped to your home for that cost so and it's really versions, stupid not to 18,
0: do it forget it
1: well you could do that yeah some yeah. people do some
0: people do well thank you uh, both thank you Greg. good to see you, um, you too. thank you Elizabeth salute for the artwork thank you mr. owl for this awesome track and thank you for listening